sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Number two of the early line where we ball so hard. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh right here giving you the edge. And you got to guys got to see. You don't see it off air. But like Kevin <laughs> loves when I weave in the intro or outro music into the context of the conversation. Kev, that's why I am the spitting statistician, brother man. And we've got a big time game here. The Pittsburgh Steelers who are undefeated looking to the Jacksonville Jaguars who may not be trying to win anymore games for the rest of the season that's how you have a home dog of double digits kev the jaguars are Mm -hmm. getting 10 and a half points now at home and listen kev the last time i saw this when pittsburgh went to dallas it took three quarters for them to get going Right? We've talked a lot about the Steelers playing down to the level of their competition. You've said that a ton, whether it was the Denver Broncos, whether it was the New York Giants in week one. All week, I've heard the Steelers, when they're in front of microphones, talking about how they respect Jacksonville. Mike Tomlin saying he doesn't want to hear about any of that stuff. Big Ben pointing to the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars, in years gone by, beat them in playoff matchups to get to the AFC Championship game. They can manufacture whatever the hell they want the pittsburgh steelers are a far better team and unless they sleepwalk through this kev like the packers did last week i don't see why they don't beat this team by two touchdowns so uh, i'm excited about this all so first of all yes this is uh, a rematch of the jags and the steelers where i think it was three years ago Jacksonville almost made Big Ben retire in the middle of a season. Yeah. One of my all-time my favorites. Jack, baby. Yeah. Like, he was literally like, yeah, I don't know if the I can Five interceptions. Anymore. I don't know if I can do yes. it anymore. And then, he, and then he was like, he goes, I don't know where you guys get all this stuff with your quotes. Right. It's like, buddy, you and just. Because you were saying you didn't you, know if you could do yeah. this anymore. It's like, are you here right now? Like, that's you. crazy. Then they're also I'm like, listen, you. I don't believe in trap games. Like, yeah, you know, sending the Big Ten playing the Mac. Okay, Mike. Yes. What happened against Dallas? I mean, this is literally two weeks removed. Like, yeah. man, this team pisses me off. This I don't like this Steelers group either. I don't. I really don't. And, like, this is – like, Dane, the thing is, to your question, how don't they beat them by two touchdowns? You literally just watched this happen against Dallas. My I only thing yeah, is – I said it. Like, but no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, because you're – like, the answer to your question the is way. they do – they do exactly yep. what they did. They don't show or up. Or what Green Bay did against Jacksonville for three quarters last week. Yeah, like that's the thing. Luton's 2-0 against the number. Like they, right. there's there's more than right, enough right, reasons right, right. to back the Jaguars. They, they're really they're getting 10.5 points at home. Like, yeah, if I'm going to play this game, I am going to back the Jacksonville side. Because even if the Steelers come out uber motivated and ready to take heads off, they're up by 17 with three the minutes left, open. and the Jags punch the door is open. 20. Like, there's plenty of meat on the bone for the Jacksonville Jaguars to cover this game. I just, the Steelers being like, listen, how, I would be so much more inclined to back them if they were like, listen, 
we we clearly you know didn't come out the way we wanted to the last time we were on the road playing a Cowboys team that maybe we took a little lightly. We can't make that same mistake twice. The Jaguars are trying to get you know to get wins. Like, but no, they're like, ah, we don't believe in uh, trap games. This isn't the Big Ten. You know what, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that walking. Take that walking. Because then don't do what you did against Dallas. That happened. I was, we were there for it. We were all there for it. So I'll take the points with the Jaguars, and it still wouldn't surprise me if the Jags won this game. Fair enough. I'm going to ask you, what is the Steelers team total in this one? As we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, around the globe, big shout out to all the affiliates getting on the grid with us. We're giving you the edge, and a half. Kane and Kev, see, and that's the thing. The Jaguars are the second worst defense in the NFL. They give up 31 points a game. The Steelers are the fourth best offense. I think the Steelers will get to 30. I think the Steelers will get to 30 in this one. And here's the other thing I'm going to say. I'm going to say one thing and then ask you a question, Kev. Remember how I talked about the Steelers as like the fantasy herd, right? Check this one out. Juju, six catches and 75 yards in each of his last three games. Deontay Johnson, 75 yards in each of his last three games. Chase Claypool, 50 yards and a touchdown in each of his last two games. Leads the like rookies with nine touchdowns. All of them can do it. Do I know which one? Like, how confident are you, Kev, that you can identify who will lead the Steelers in receiving this week? I'm not. It could be any of these guys or even damn Eric Ebron. You know what I mean? So that, to me, is part of what is a huge benefit to the Pittsburgh Steelers and less so to the fantasy manager who has those guys who are all viable and startable. The other thing I want to ask you, though, Kev, do you fundamentally believe in trap games? Because if you do, this would be one, right? With the Bengals, who they they took care of business with last week, we all know that as we eat our turkey, you'll be able to listen to Kevin Walsh on in-game live talking about the Steelers and the Ravens next week. I'm not saying the Steelers are looking ahead. I know Tomlin is better than that. We'll have them prepared. But we've seen Pittsburgh sleepwalk against Dallas. We saw the Packers, you know, come out soft against Jacksonville last week. Do you believe in trap games? 100%. Look no further than Monday Night Football a couple weeks back when the Bucks went to MetLife to play the Giants when they were looking ahead to that Saints game on Sunday Night Football. The Giants were the better team for most of that football game. And ultimately almost won that football, probably should have won that football game. Look at what the Steelers did against the Dallas Cowboys. That's real. It's it's a human element. It's such a simple thing. You look at, you like, they're not robots. They're not programmed to just know who they play this week and only worry about this week. This Steelers team went, beat the Ravens in Baltimore, right? Playing the song, walk in your trap, take over your trap. They, like, they know what's waiting for them on the other side. That rematch. Like, of course it's real. Of course it's real. Mm, fair enough. Well, if they want to keep the zero on that side, they'll come to play. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh putting the fun and functional sports content as we go through the Week 11 game on a football Friday. And, Kev, we have to take our weekly tour through the NFC least because if any of these teams can win a game, all of a sudden they're right there, maybe at the top of the division, right? We talked about Philly up against Cleveland a little bit earlier in the show. So I want to mention the Cincinnati Bengals will be traveling to our nation's capital to take on the football team. The football team is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. 46-and-a-half is the total. First things first, I got to tell people, if you watch me on Sunday morning on Pro Football Today with Mike Blewett and Ariel Epstein, we give out prop bets in a segment, Kev. We call it the Sunday morning crunch. It's a play on brunch. It's our prop bets, right? Every single time, like I think the last, I don't know, four weeks in a row, except for when they had their bye, my number one prop bet, has been the over on T. Higgins receiving yards. He's gone over 70 in his last four. The number hasn't caught up, Kev. It's gone from 56 to almost like 60 is where they bumped it up. I'm telling you, I'm going right back to it. I ride the streak until it breaks, and I see no reason why it won't. Joe Burrow is third in the NFL, 242 completions. You know, we've also talked about completions and attempts when it comes to Burrow props. He keeps on slinging it. And Kev, fundamentally, he's also covered every single spread with the exception of when they play the Ravens and the Steelers in their division, the big boys who slap them down. I think, Kev, this Bengals team is going to look a lot different now that they're playing the NFC least. And I think they're going to look good. I think they got enough to get past Alex Smith and the football team. What say you, Kev? So a couple of things. I want to also, this is kind of what you always talk about, the teaching people how to fish stuff. Yeah. If you that? identify a prop the way that Dane has with T. Higgins, and you get you hit it the first game, you're like, I'll come back to this. And you now hit it twice in a row. Keep rolling. You're now up two units. You hit it the next You're only going to lose it once. That's, That's the right. Thing. And, and, when, and if you lose, step back. You could come back the next week. But it, it's, it's almost a free roll now at this point, right? So you've hit this, let's say, four times in a row, Dane. Something like, like that. The yeah. worst case Check scenario, the <laughs> right? But I'm I saying the worst case one. scenario. Exactly. Right. That's and you'll, you'll walk out of there up three units from this T. Higgins thing. And if he hits yep. it till the end the of the ride. season, yep. what a ride. So right. that's kind of a, like, if you guys out there have been like, whatever it might be, bet the street, hand score, a touchdown prop, whatever, whatever it might sure. be, just keep going. Okay. Even if the number's inflated. You've been hitting it, keep riding, as long as you've got it X amount of time. Keenan Allen receptions is another one, by the way, guys. Yeah, like there's a, there's a couple of things that you will find that, that fit that. Now, that's the Dane special. Okay. This is what I like to do. I like to take results and then throw it into the futures market because I can't help it. Ah. If you take a look at this upcoming stretch here for Joey B., this is where he gets himself an opportunity to catch back up in the rookie of the year race. Okay? Mm. Travels to Washington. This week, they host the Giants head to head at Miami with Tua and then host the Dallas Cowboys, a, a real stretch where they could win three of four football games. That's a real possibility for that team. Sure. OK, and if he's able to do that and put up big numbers, and by the way, I don't see worlds where the Bengals win games without good games from Joe Burrow. That's not a fair. Thing. Then Mixon right still now, isn't back practicing. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, at, at plus one seventy five, right for Joe Burrow to win Rookie of the Year. I think we might want to jump in this week. Now, 
Herbert's got a Jets game. So maybe you don't have to do it this week. But my eyes right now are turning to Burrow in that market. I like the Bengals in the game. As much as people are going to say, oh, Washington... Washington reminds me of why we wanted to fade the Denver Broncos against the Vegas Raiders, okay? Because Washington, ah, oh, look how competitive they were against Detroit. Now, the game wasn't competitive. Detroit just did what, just that's what they do. They let teams back in randomly. The Washington team is not good. The Bengals should be able to handle business here. Plus one and a half. I, by the way, though, take the one and a half point. The, the 12 cent difference from the money line. I'll sure. pay that to where I could act like just it was just plus. Why not? You take it just in case. 21, 20, 24, 23. You know, this total's at 46 and a half, right? 24, 23 yep. is interesting. You know, Kev, when you said you were going to look at this and then look at the futures market, you went down the Joe Burrow rookie of the year path. I thought you were going to go to the football team in the NFC East, right? Because if they win this game, they then see Dallas on Thanksgiving, right? And could they get rolling? Or could this be where Dallas gets rolling and they have another game we need to talk about dallas goes to minnesota to take on the vikings where anybody who is in the building may be doing the skull clap we're starting to talk about these vikings right could they be starting to get on the good foot dalvin cook clearly is crushing it as the rushing leader right in the nfl but here's the thing now they now see this Dallas Cowboys defense, which is the worst in the NFL, giving up over 32 points a game. They are a full two points worse than the 31st defense in the NFL, which I believe is Jacksonville, right? So here's the thing for me. I, maybe Andy Dalton is happy he's over his concussion and all this stuff. CeeDee Lamb is a very good rookie wide receiver. Guess what? Justin Jefferson on the other side may be better. Dalvin Cook is there. Adam Thielen is there. For me, the question is, does the team have enough weapons to eviscerate this Dallas defense? If the answer is yes, that team beats Dallas. End of story. Does Minnesota have it? Yes, they beat Dallas. End of analysis for me, Kev. So, Dallas is off of a bye. Don't give Dallas's a damn. Dallas' last game, they were competitive with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't give a damn. Minnesota's on a short week having played Monday Night Football. Don't give a damn. Andy Dalton is back. I don't give a damn. And here's the thing. Neither do I. Because <laughs> I need to stay consistent with something. There is an angle on this game that we're not talking about at all. Andy Dalton is coming off having COVID. He's been quoted as saying, coronavirus hit me hard. What yeah, have I said about the New sure. England Patriots? Cam Newton got COVID okay. and it really threw off the it really, really threw things okay. off for of them. We now have our second quarterback that is coming off of you know what it feels like legitimately symptomatic. Symptomatic virus. Yes. Minnesota as well, we all know this, at home, outside of the division, basically an ATM. I like the Minnesota Vikings. And it was funny, originally I was like, oh, Dallas could be sneaky in this game. But Dalton first game. Danny Dalton nah. has, has one touchdown in his playing time for the Dallas Cowboys this season. Like, the offense generated a touchdown. He, again, he played a lot of that game in, against Washington. Coming off of COVID, I don't trust it. I don't trust this Dallas team. This is where the Vikings make their hay. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. do we want to be you know smart, sharp, contrarian? No. Hopefully this gets to six and a half because this number's been coming down. So there's a chance that it could get to six and a half. I mean, it's going to take a lot of legwork, 
But we'll see. That's why I'm going to wait the line out. But I'll lay the seven. I like the Vikings. This is the spot where they've consistently dominated under Zimmer. I'll look for them to do the same. Listen, Dalvin Cook missed a few games. Uh, Justin Jefferson is coming on. You know about Adam Thielen. Cousins even got his first win on Monday Night Football, getting the monkey off their back. Hey, Kev, you and I both think Minnesota wins this game. Forget about the line. Forget about everything. They get to five and five. That's the same record as the Bears. Uh, that's only one game back of Arizona, yeah. as you've discussed, right? Um, I know, you know, we have our thing back and forth with New England. If they're still live in the playoff, talk to me about these Minnesota Vikings. You know, yeah. if they get this win to get to five and five, and and we think the arrows pointing up, are they? Should mm-hmm. they be considered in the mix, assuming they get this one against Dallas? No, they absolutely shouldn't. And and here's okay. why. If with the result that Arizona had last week, and again, if the Bucks can hold true on Monday night football, they will be one game back of two teams in the playoff race. That in of itself gives them life. Plus, this is the thing about the Vikings that is similar to the New England Patriots. They were supposed to be in this mix in the beginning of the year, right? Right. So they were co favorites. We, we saw them as possible as as possible yes. contenders. Whatever was wrong with them in the beginning of the season, they've seemingly turned that corner. And now the Minnesota Vikings have a really favorable stretch in their schedule. They had to win the Monday nighter. And this, the Bears had to win the Monday nighter. Only one of them won. The Bears are done. I sold all yeah. my Bears stock at, you know, four cents on the dollar. But the Vikings now are at least in the conversation. Yeah. And like you said, Arizona lost. The Rams are favored to lose this week. And Drew Brees, we don't know when we are going to see him in the NFC either. Keep an eye on the Vikings. We got some other teams that you probably don't need to keep an eye on, unless it's for the first overall pick when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on the grid. Big shout out to all of our affiliates who are joining the grid and, uh, you know, giving their listeners and viewers the edge. We appreciate it, as always, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Wrapping up all the games of Week 11, the next one we talk about here, the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers. And, Kev, what's interesting to me, there's no total in this game, and there's, you know, a lot of reasons why that could be the case. We don't know who's playing in this game, Kev. I don't know. It looks like Teddy Bridgewater is going to be out for the Carolina Panthers. Remember, he sustained that knee injury last week. But honestly, the Panthers don't know if it's going to be P.J. Walker or Will Greer, you know, out of West Virginia. I know our producer, Venmo Bryan, would love it if it is Will Greer. We know there's still no Christian McCaffrey. But then on the other side in Detroit, Matty Stafford dealing with the thumb injury. He's a gamer. A lot of people expect that he might go. If not, it'll be Chase Daniels. But then we heard this yesterday, the ascending rookie that I have been talking about for a while, uh, DeAndre Swift, will not be able to shake it off like Taylor. He's got a concussion. Um, And we only heard about this midweek. I don't know how long it takes, Kev, to get cleared from this, but I don't know if we should expect Swift. I don't know if we can expect Stafford. I don't know who to expect under center for the Panthers. No wonder there's no total in this game. Our guy, Scotty Farrell, 
Always says, though, when two bad teams get together, sometimes you get intriguing, entertaining games. And I think that might be the formula for one here on Sunday. I am interested in this game as long as P.J. Walker is the quarterback. If it's Will Greer, I'm going to step aside. Here's my thing. Uh, One of my favorite games that I ever learned a lesson in, because it was a game I think I was most wrong about in my entire life, was (laughs) a couple of years ago, Tom Brady suspension, Garoppolo gets hurt, it's Jacoby Brissett against Brock Osweiler, Thursday night football. It's amazing. Everyone remembers that game. It's 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 I one do. of those weird things. Like Jacoby Brissett ran for a touchdown around the right end. Yep, the the whole end around touchdown. I think it was twenty seven nothing. Bill Belichick was the smartest man of all time because they kept kicking the kick. It's our job to remember these sorts of things, Kev. Yeah, but it's like, but like, for some reason, that game everyone remembers. So Thank the you. reason why that game has always stuck with me though is because I love the Texans, and I said, "Oh my God, short week. What are they going to do?" And then I went, "Oh no, it's advantage, Bill." He has a quarterback that the other team doesn't have tape on. They don't know what they're going to do, and he's going to be tricky about it. We're all excited about Rule, Joe Brady, going up against Matt Patricia. And if the Panthers come out here with a running quarterback like P.J. Walker, which is what I understand is a fair way to categorize him from his time in the XFL, XFL, they get to be tricky. They get to be different. They get to be creative. This, for me is I'm going to take the Panthers here. I'm hoping that this gets to three. And let me just say this. The money line here is an awful bet when it comes to the Panthers. The gap on the money line is 11, or not 11 cents, but I mean, it's like 20 cents roughly for two and a half. That should not be. Like, you should be getting more juice on the money line. If you like the Lions, you lay minus 122. You like the Panthers, you take two and a half. I'll take two and a half. I'll get to three, I think, if it is P.J. Walker. Who knows? Maybe he keeps going against the three and a half because they may be trying to middle this if Teddy does play. And if Teddy plays, I also am kind of unsure of what I want to do then. But I'm the angle that I don't either, but just, you know, they're they're kind of holding out hope maybe. But my angle is P.J. Walker, Lions don't know what to expect. It allows the Panthers to be creative, and that's how I'm going to roll with it. That's fair. And remember, I gave a very similar analysis about an hour ago talking about Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints, right? And talking about Mm -hmm. the creativity of Sean Payton and how he's been real quiet and maybe he's going to break some stuff out. It's a similar concept in this one. Both of these defenses, Kev, are piss poor. The Lions are the first worst in the league, giving up almost 30 points a game at 29.7. And remember when I told you about getting off the field with the Titans on third down? Well, the Panthers are the worst in the league. At that, they allow conversions on 55% of third downs, bad. Kev. Very bad. <laughs> that is bad. So I can exp- I can see, regardless of who it is, they may be able to move up and down the field. So I'm interested to see what kind of total we get in this one. The last game here, the New York Jets go across the country to Los Angeles to take on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Here's the way I see this one. Kev, did you know that the Chargers now at over 400 yards a game have the third best offense in the NFL, okay, in terms of moving the ball? This is a team that we thought under Tarad was going to be very conservative and just run. No, Kev, they're dynamic, okay, under Justin Herbert. They're getting over 400 yards a game. Meanwhile, on the flip side, the Jets are dead last in the NFL at 260 yards a game. But I ask you, the last time we saw the Jets, yep. the last time we saw the Jets 
Yeah. You were talking about how they looked like a completely different offense. Why? Because they had their three starting actual NFL caliber wide receivers together on the field in Jamison Crowder, Brashard Perryman, and the kid out of Baylor, Denzel Mims. Now they also are coming off a bye, right? We also know that the Chargers, it's been a joke, right? Them and the Atlanta Falcons finding ways to piss away 17-point leads, Kev. Could today, could this week, be the week? <laughs> could the Chargers charger their way to the first Jets win? Do you believe the Jets are a better offense because of what we saw last week now coming off the bye being healthy? Like, could this be one of the best chances for the Jets to get that first W, Kev? It. I mean, it's definitely a... a- Good chance they're off of their bye. They're playing a team. Yet they're still nine and a half point dogs. I now it's it's funny you say things out loud and it's like I'm struggling to release these words, but I like the Jets in the game. The Jets don't play right. I don't like them with nine and a half. No, with nine and a half, the Jets are the play. Yeah, I I think so. I I like what I saw. It's odd. I feel as if there's being absolutely. No juice put into what the Jets did on that game against, against New England, the Patriots. Like they're off of a bye, played the best game they've played all season. I mean, if they got housed in that game, Chargers lane fourteen? No, they're not. Like this is the number as if they did get housed in that game, and the Chargers are coming off of a, a poor performance against the Miami Dolphins. The Chargers mm-hmm. are never comfortable in anything mm-hmm. that they do, so. I'd rather take the Jets here with the nine and a half. I'd also play it to the over because I think the Chargers are going to be out there looking to score a zillion points. And what I saw from Flacco last time, now listen, just so everyone knows, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself when at the end of the day, the score is 35 to 10. We lose the the over, the Chargers murder them all game. It's not my fault. I back the Jets. I'm I'm a bozo. I've said nothing kind about this team all season long. But that's how I see this game right now. I I think the Jets put up some points here. What's the Jets team total? Like, oh, God, what am I doing? I'm going to isolate the Jets. It's 17. No, no. Right, because that would say, what, 27-17, and that's under the number, right? Shouldn't it be more like... No. Why are they... More like 20? Shouldn't the it be Jets, more like twenty, Kev? The Jets should 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 score some points. Dane, right? I believe. Listen, I honestly this believe. I, obviously, you know, with the context of the Jets and me and all that stuff, I get it. But I fundamentally do believe, Kev, and I think you do too, that yeah. with Crowder, Perryman, and Mims out there, right? Um, they are Dane. a they are a representative like they're a pro, they're an actual offense at least they never had that you say the same thing about the Philadelphia Eagles right who are so banged up they were getting people back I know Herbert's gonna yeah. do his thing listen he's got two two touchdowns in a row like six games in a row I think he's the first rookie to ever do that okay that offense is dynamic that's why I led with that the question is are the Jets different if healthy and off their bye 
I'm with you. I, I want people to believe that that is possible and not just because you're hearing it from a Jets fan. I feel sick. The last time Flacco was on the road was against Miami, and he was so garbage. But Fine. the Chargers have given up 29 points or more in six consecutive games. 38 to the Bucks, 30 to the Saints, 29 to the Jaguars, 31 to Denver, 31 to Vegas, 29 to Miami. Yeah, remember when, I bet, when we had a gentleman's bet about the Giants team total about Dallas, right? And it was like, you were like, yeah, yeah. Dallas gives it up to everybody. I was like, but not the Giants. Yeah. This is like the yeah. same kind of case study. You're saying the Chargers give it up to everybody. And I'm yes. also saying that the Jets are a better version of the joke that has been made of them for the rest, for most of the season. You got, I think you do got to take this. And I and like, I know people might call me a homer here because I'm clamoring for them to get no, one. I don't, so. I don't even know if they're going to win the game. But nine and a half is too many, Kev. The narrative around this Chargers team, we have literally said, Kev, I don't even care if they're up 17. They'll find a way to lose, right? So now all they got to do is find a way to get backdoored for this nine and a half. Like, am I crazy? Or is this no, like, I, does this add up to no, no. Jets and the points? And, and and also, too, don't like don't even feed into people talking about bias. You've in, in my entire time doing the show, you've had one biased Jets moment, and and I don't blame you for it at all. And it's certainly not happened during the season. Oh, it was when you said that basically Jamal Adams being traded was fake news while he was riding around Dallas telling yeah. Cowboys fans that he was trying to get out. And you're like, I don't know, isn't this a little pumped up by the media? And in that <laughs> moment, I was like, I was like oh, Dane, look, we got some conversations to yeah, have. Outside yeah, of that... Yeah. Outside of that, no, it's been straightforward. And this is a, and this is a spot where it is the Jets. And and I think, do you agree with me with the over here a little bit as well? Yeah, because I think the Jets can score and the Chargers are one of the top five of dynamic offenses in the NFL. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you. Jets in the over, baby. We'll come Let's on back. Uh, we got some other stories. Not NFL after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on the grid and putting the fun and functional sports content. If you're waking up early with us, you might as well not only get the information you need, right? You might as well have a good time while doing it. We talked about all those um, week 11 games. And so now we also listen. It's a big weekend, though, in sports, right? There's more stuff going on. So we talk about college a little bit. Um, a couple of things that I think are interesting and, and connected, quite frankly. Kev, there's like another week, another like 15 games suspended or postponed or canceled or moved, whatever you want to call it, because of the status of the virus in this country. And, you know, we talked about it with Jerry, right? We talked about it with Joe Lisi. The idea of eventually these teams are going to start to need proof points, right? They're going to start to need mm -hmm. resumes. They're going to have to have wins. Like, we can't put a 4-1 and one team into the college football playoff, for goodness sakes. So here we have yet another week where there's big-time games being canceled. I think, like, Michigan State 
State in the Big Ten. I mean, it's to the point, Kev, where it's going to be the San Diego State Aztecs on CBS at 3.30 in the usual SEC game of the week spot. They don't got an SEC game to put there, and they're going to put a Mountain West game there instead. So a ton of canceled games, uh, you know, Level of concern, Kev, that this like just is going to complicate everything to the nth degree. Like, are we are we starting to lose grip on this? I don't I don't know what it is, but I don't feel that way. I don't. Okay. There's just I feel I like oddly they could end the season today, and they'd be like, <laughs> "This is a, these are our teams. Like, we're going to play the SEC title game, the ACC title game. And we'll see you guys on the like." Like, Indiana, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, winners, you two play, and we're moving on. Like, I, there's the thing about, I guess, this is the big difference, right? If I told you that Steelers, Jacksonville, we're not making it up. We're not making it up. You'd be like, no, listen, any given Sunday, we can't do that. You got to play that right, game, right, right. right? If I told you that I'm c- It's not the Big Ten versus the Mac, just like Tom no, and Big Ben but, said. But, <laughs> But the crazy thing about college is it's like it's like it Florida Vanderbilt. It's like, yeah, honestly, you guys shouldn't play. Like, let's not waste time here. Like, I'm can- like cancel games because the spread's too high. It's gotta be within four <laughs> touchdowns if you guys want to play the game. Like, so I don't know. I don't have that same fear. They like, you know, they I, I feel like they they want to power through. So it'll be interesting. I just wanted to mention though the one game that I really, really intend on watching. Sure. The numbers are so unfair, so unfair to try to back Clemson in Trevor's return. Uh, was it like 35 or something? And, and a half. And a half. Okay. Okay. It's such an unfair number. Like, it's yeah. such an unfair number. The team totals, it's all going to be They want that Seminole money. They want but that the thing money. is, well, no, because they know all anybody's going to want to do is back Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. The thing is, the last time where... Clemson well, kind of had a half. Thank you like, very much. Here's the thing, though. The last time Clemson had a game where I'm, I think that they were trying to like name their score. You know, we always talk about that. You're like, right, oh, they right. can name their yep. score. I think yep. it was against Wake where they named their score of seventy three to seven. So I just like a part of me wants a piece of this all because I'm like, yeah, they're gonna sc- like. I mean, maybe it's the team total, and I, and the thing is, I'm gonna need them to score like fifty. It's gonna be ridiculous. Right, right, right. But also, Dane. It'll be really interesting to see Trevor, who was symptomatic in sure. his first game back, so he and see back, how yeah. he plays and see how he looks as well. You know, he was yeah. the favorite for the Heisman when he went down, and I'm sure Dabo Sweeney would love would love to make sure that Trevor Lawrence is just the guy who collects that uh, award. So that's like it's a big narrative game, but it's also how does he look his first time off COVID? Because I will say. I remember when I had talked to Dr. David Chow about Cam off COVID, and he goes, he goes, it's not as much the virus impacting him as much as he's on a new team with no practice time. They never practice. It's just it's going to take him a bit to reset, right? Mm-hmm. To where if Trevor looks like seamless, then it kind of shows it's less about its impact on your body and the wear and tear. And it, it then, and obviously, no one's more comfortable than Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. He's been doing this for years sure. now. So I just think that this is a, a an important game, and it can genuinely, in my opinion, be applied to like the NFL level about guys off of having a symptomatic nature of this mm. virus. 
All right, so definitely something to watch. Obviously, you know, we will find something to look for, even if the spread is 35 and a half with the Clemson Tigers. The other story I wanted to get your take on, and that's why I started also with these cancellations, right? Because this is Mm -hmm. an answer to some of that. The Pac-12, which we already knew, Kev, was experiencing some cancellations, and we knew was only going to have like a six-game schedule anyway. You know, we've been talking about like, oh, could an undefeated Oregon get through? Could an undefeated USC, would they have the reputation and the resume to crash the party? I think they are now changing something midstream, which potentially could augment the case of a few schools out there. They are now saying they will allow Pac-12 schools to schedule non-conference opponents if needed, right? Remember, like, didn't mm-hmm. Cal play UCLA, like, on Sunday morning last week because of, you know, a reshaking of the puzzle pieces? Now they're saying you can go outside if you need be. We've been talking about Oregon, right? Could they get through as undefeated? I've been talking about Cincy and BYU. Now, Kev, call me chaos theory. Call it whatever you want. Um, There is, like... Let's call it Oregon right now, right? Mm-hmm. As a team that um, is another one of these teams like Cincinnati, like BYU, that may mm-hmm. win all their games and be left on the outside looking in. I yep. think what we could be you know, paving the way here for is an Oregon-BYU matchup, mm-hmm. which would do a hell of a lot, Kev, to augment the resume of the winner of that game. Mm-hmm. If this were to happen, do you think that this is legitimate fuel to the fire for our chaos theory? So it is a necessity for us to really have the conversation. But for me, all it really is is a proof point, again, that we need to expand to eight. Because here's right, this is like a, a quarterfinal matchup. <laughs> Thing. It's right now 8 versus 11, BYU Oregon. Yeah. And you know what happens? BYU wins the game. Yeah, the Pac 12 is terrible. They get a little bit of juice from it, though. And if Oregon wins, they'll get no credit. Like, yeah, they beat BYU. They were Fugazi. They never should have been in the conversation anyway. And and neither one of them, like, dang, you know what would happen? They jump Cincinnati. And you'd be yeah. like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I can't. Well, win here's you. the thing. I don't think it'll be 8 versus 11 because if it happened, right, it'll be a few weeks down the road. So might it be 6 versus 9? And then wouldn't it be – why wouldn't it be the same thing as Georgia-Florida? Well, okay, but it could be Georgia-Florida, but still even look where those – Florida's still at 6 after beating Florida, who then dropped down – you know, Georgia Don't get me wrong. Teams will still need to fall by the wayside, and that was always yeah. part of my thesis, right? And don't get it. I hate to say this, Kev, but Notre Dame's got a tough task at Carolina coming up, right? Um, you know, the idea that A and M could fall. Like, I still need those things to happen, and I acknowledge that, right? But yeah. This this does give a little leg up, and I, and this is not necessarily happening, but I think it's in the best interest of the Pac-12 and of BYU to be like, we'll do it. You know. You know what's interesting, Dane? I might disagree because I think they need these other things to happen regardless. You're now almost just putting yourself at risk more. At the end of the day, right, if BYU can't get there, the BYU, right, needs what's more important, beating Oregon or these teams getting upset? The upset's 
with distance is necessary. Like, Oregon's thing is, like, we're the unbeaten Pac-12 champion. Put us in. It's not we're the unbeaten Pac-12 champion and we beat BYU. I don't need that second half of the sentence. So, oddly enough, I I think it's actually more risk than reward, probably. I hear you, but here's the thing. Here's my pushback to you. If we assume the falling by the wayside happens, right, which may be the more important part, to your point, but if those things do happen, then – you need something to decide between BYU, Oregon, and Cincinnati, don't you? Right, right. And then in that more right because BYU is behind Cincinnati right now, for sure. right? For so they sure. would need that to hop a Cincinnati and under the assumption that the cannibalization happens and these teams fall yeah. by the wayside. Call it Notre Dame, call it A and M, call it Florida, yeah. whatever. No, and 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 look, here's the thing. Let's just say, let's say. Notre Dame goes, I hate to say it, fine. Notre Dame goes and Bama handles Florida in the SEC title game, right? Right. So we've got we've got Bama, Ohio State, Clemson. We've got a fourth yeah. spot and up the for fourth. grabs. Right. And let's say then because Florida loses, AM becomes significantly more well, double, right? Yeah. So yeah. we're now talking about Cincinnati, we're talking about BYU, and we're talking about Oregon. If you're yes. Oregon, realistically. Why would you risk playing BYU? You will get the nod for being a Power 5 unbeaten champion, I believe. So, it's like, and if you're BYU, no duh. And if you're Cincinnati, now what are, what, like, and if you're Cincinnati, what are you doing? What are you, you scrambling and, hey, does anybody no, want to do anything? Since he doesn't like, have any open dates, though, remember, since his schedule's already booked, remember, BYU sure. played all those games already, so they've got open dates. That's why yeah. part of the reason why it matters with BYU. And then again, Kev, you know, the Indiana Hoosers can throw uh, all of this into a tizzy if they happen to go to the shoe on Saturday and get the job done tomorrow. I don't think that's going to happen. Remember, Wisconsin yeah. will get a crack at but them as well. A- and our guy, Jerry, really thinks that Wisconsin is live. I know. Remember that earlier in the week. Real quick, Kev, because we do have some round ball to discuss, but go ahead. Sure. No, I I was just going to say, like, remember how you were rooting for Clemson to beat Notre Dame, right? Because you were like, like, you probably should be rooting for Ohio State and just give up the spot to to the What I'm rooting for is the three to be so locked in, right? Because that that will then create the opening at four potentially if ACC falls by the wayside, Florida gets dump trucked, you know, whatever the case may be in an SEC championship game. I do have to talk, though, Kev. Let's turn our attention real quick to basketball. Free agency starts today, right? And so there's been some moves already. Listen, the Warriors quickly go to replace Clay, trading for Kelly Oubre, right, Uh, Mm -hmm. who's been on the move a bunch already in the last couple of weeks. We've also got, you know, maybe on the eve of free agency, the big news is Gordon Hayward has decided to opt out and, and, you know, He's leaving $34 million on the table. Uh, I don't understand if, like, quality of life or minutes are more important than $34 million. But, hey, he's his own man. He can do what he wants. So now he'll be one of the kind of top-tier free agents out there as well. Is it one of these things, or what what is the thing you are looking at, you know, when the free agency frenzy gets started in less than 12 hours, Kev? You know, I, I think both of those deals are are certainly interesting. Uh, Ubre, the Warriors, they have like a crazy tax bill, so you want kind of like this is the type of stuff that I know you're going to be super interested in. The Warriors have like project fan opening thing, and it's like they're going to need fans revenue wise to pay for what is a preposterous massive tax bill, right? So like 
when we talk about who's going to have fans, Golden State. We negotiate Clay's contract. <laughs> They're going to do everything they can. As far as Gordon Hayward goes, though, yeah. he's honestly a really interesting player because wherever he lands, the two most Atlanta? connected spots, the Hawks and the Knicks right now, yeah. it's an indicator of we want a playoff spot. When the dust settles, Dane, 30 teams in the NBA, I don't know if we're going to be able to name more than five that you're like, okay, X out, they've got no shot. <laughs> and, that's, and that makes for a very, very interesting season and also sure. a pretty interesting futures market if we get some yes-no playoff bets, which we will, not for a while, but I think yeah. that's the type of stuff that becomes really interesting. The Hawks, we know, want it. Are the Knicks going to try to be in the mix? Time to shove all in. Remember, also, one thing that they're taking from the bubble is, again, this year, there's going to be 7 versus 10 in the little mini playoffs, right? So the playoffs could be expanded even more teams, believing like they have a shot in this new NBA season. When we come back, we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode and this week of the early line. Come on back after this. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com welcome back in everybody right here to the early line we're talking about some of the moves in the nba kev hayward opting out the warriors trading for Ubre. you know we're gonna have free agency starting later on this afternoon and there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on i expect more trades more signings and one thing that's interesting to me kev the knicks cleared about 40 million dollars in cap space yesterday not bringing back guys like alf payton um and others right so What's that money for, Kev? You know, because they got some kids now. R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, they bring in, obviously, Obi Toppin. They signed Miles Powell. If you're in the area, you know about this kid out of Seton Hall that's legit mm -hmm. as an undrafted kid. Now they got to pay to find some veterans to put around it. Could it be Hayward, like you discussed? Is this talk about Russell Westbrook real? Yeah. Like, what do we expect from the Knicks? I think they're going to spend some money with World Wide West. So, look, if they are going to be spending, now I'm not sure with the salary cap if they could get Hayward and Russell Westbrook, but let's just say they were, were able to. Let's just say they are able to, right? So Hayward's my three, play RJ at the yeah. two. That's swappable. Yeah. Julius is going to probably start at the four. Obi's going to be and behind Obi. Mitchell Robinson and then at the five. Yeah. Who's my point guard? Who's my point guard? I'm now putting together a team that we seem like we want to do something. You call Quickly. us. They just drafted their out. point guard. Yeah, but IQ. No, I hear you. I, I hear you. IQ is going to probably be a little more off ball for this team, trying to be a no, knockdown shooter. So I think that they are in the rust market. But again, they're being smart. They're like, listen, you don't have the leverage here. Not only did he request out, but that you you have not changed the narrative on the contract the way the Suns did with uh, or the Thunder did with Chris Paul. That's a net negative asset. We'll take it to help you, not the other way around. You know, the other point guard we have been talking about that part of this money could be for is good old FVV. He may command a max deal, and $40 million is certainly enough to fit FVV and another, maybe not max piece, but quality veteran to put around yeah. some of these kids. It's going to be interesting. On Monday, Kev, are we going to be leading with NFL stuff and new playoff picture, or are we going to be leading with, like, James Harden's on a new team? 
If Harden gets moved, that is going to be the lead. I think the NFL thing, though, we will be talking NFC East. Because either one of these teams is going to get a big win and be the new value, or they all lose, and everyone's going to be like, the Giants are the best team ever! (laughs) Oh, God. Well... We will be ready for that. Kevin and I will certainly be here on Monday morning. But if you need more of The Edge, stay tuned to Sports Grid. The morning after is up next. What up, Jared? What up, Ariel? We'll talk to you all soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want The Edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.